MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Thursday edition of Primetime Action here on VEASAN, VEASAN.com. Matt Brown, Jeff Parles on the desk with me again tonight in Kelly Bidland. Back where he belongs behind the glass. Back where he belongs. He, he at least yeah. got a fabulous. Beard shirt and all. Looking fantastic back there. He got a fabulous Twitter picture out of the experience. Earlier I, did. The I did. I did. Yeah, I did. So that's the good thing, Matt. Listen, top of next segment. Stick around. John Annick going to join us. We're going to talk some UFC this weekend. Big fight up in Salt Lake City. We got Drew Densick coming at us a little bit later, about 545 Pacific. If you're on the East Coast, do the math. And then Joe Sheehan, 615 Pacific, 915 Eastern. Talk a little bit of baseball with us as well. Tons of day baseball today. We'll get to that in just a second. And, of course, some big, big news coming out of the NFL. But first, we do have some first pitches coming to you. Only a handful of games. So if you want to bet baseball tonight, you got limited options, so you better get after it. It's the Blue Jays and the Yankees in about four minutes. Jose Barrios, Frankie Montas. Montas and the Yankees are minus 165. Home favorites in this one, Barrios and the Blue Jays, plus 140 road underdogs. Nine is your total there. Another 705 Eastern Red Sox and Pirates. This is Josh Winkowski and JT Brubaker. Winkowski and the Red Sox are minus 155 road favorites, plus 135 on Brubaker and the Pirates at home as underdogs, nine the total there as well. 710 Eastern, we got the Royals and the Rays. You got Max Castillo and Luis, Luis Patino. Patino and the Rays, minus 190 home favorites here 
over Castillo and the Royals. If you want to back the underdog on the road, plus 160, seven and a half is the total. Big game here at 720 Eastern. Mets and Braves with Jacob deGrom for the Mets and Max Fried for the Braves. So two aces going at it here in a very, very important game. DeGrom and the Mets are minus 130 road favorites over the Braves. If you want to back the home underdog, plus 110 with Max Freed on the hill, a flat seven is your total. And then finally, one late game, and that's it. That's the end of the slate tonight, 940 Eastern. We've got the Nationals and the Padres. Anibal Sanchez, you Darvish. You Darvish and the Padres. You ready for this? Minus 365. hey Favorites in this one over Anibal Sanchez and the Nationals. You can get plus 300. Hey, you can. On the road underdog if you want to play the Nationals. Eight and a half is your total there. Jeff, I know you were tossing it around a little bit before we went on air, what you were going to do with this Mets and Braves game. I mean, what a pitching matchup we're getting here in this one. And again, in a very, very important game. I'm a little surprised we never got six and a half here. I'm also a little surprised this opened at seven Mm -hmm. and it didn't open at six and a half with, again, the best pitcher in baseball who has been absolutely unhittable except for by the Washington Nationals yeah. uh, in his first three starts in DeGrom. And then Freed, who, yes, who was coming off a concussion, uh, which he suffered against these Mets in Queens on that very weird, what should have been inning-ending double play ball on a ball hit by Darren Ruff, the first base. Freed went to cover. Uh, it was a bad throw by Swanson. Freed went to go track down the ball and then fell on his head in the first base coach's box, yeah. which I, I would recommend. And they went back out and pitched like three more innings. Yeah, I would recommend yeah. don't fall on your head. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's a, that's a good idea. But uh, I'm surprised this thing moved. It has not gone to six and a half. I, I'm not going to bet it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invoke the strategy that worked horribly for us on Monday. Uh, I'm going to see if Freed can throw a scoreless top of the first and come in on the Mets. Uh, more than likely, DeGrom is going to give up what? A run at most in six innings tonight. Yeah. Uh, barring uh, someone hitting a two run homer like Swanson did against him uh, when DeGrom was absolutely unhittable for 17 batters against the Braves in the second start. So uh, I, I would look to the Mets here, if anything. And again, that was a very strange game last night <laughs> where 16 runs were scored and the game started by Max Scherzer, which you don't really, yeah. you're not going to see that very often. Uh, regardless of what happens tonight, the Mets are going to leave Atlanta at least three and a half up. And potentially, if they win tonight, they're back to five and a half where it was at the beginning of the week. Uh, and, and you would imagine that uh, the NL East, the 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 panic of some Mets fans that we always see, Matt, a uh, little bit uh, unjust potentially with a win tonight for DeGrom. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, Ruff, McNeil, uh, Canna, Beatty, and then McCann, and then Acuna, Swanson, Riley, Olson, Diarno, Rosario, Grissom, Harris, and Grossman over on the Atlanta Same side. Line the youngsters, yesterday. youngsters, youngsters on display though between Beatty, Grissom, and Harris. Uh, all three of those guys, super, super young. And uh, I mean, listen, Beatty comes up first swing as a pro yesterday, goes deep. Of course, Vaughn Grissom has just been on fire since he has gotten called up by the Braves. And we know Michael Harris for the last 75 games or so has been getting it done for the Braves as well. So just a just a really, really fun game to watch tonight for multiple different reasons, not only those youngsters, but of course, what's going on on the mound as well. If you do want to look at some of the props out there, and this is this is real life, and this is what you get when you have Jacob DeGrom on the hill. Even against a team as good as the Braves, 
His strikeout prop is nine and a half. Nine <laughs> and a half. He has to get to double digits for you to cash your ticket. So nine and a half on DeGrom. Freed is sitting down at four and a half here, Jeff. So four and a half on Freed, nine and a half on Jacob DeGrom. Four and a half seems awfully low on Freed. Uh, even though I will say just going through Freed starts against the Mets this year, uh, last time we saw him, of course, it was, again, the concussion game. He only he struck out five and six innings. Mm-hmm. You still got the over in that one. Five and five innings on the on, on free Slurpee day on 7-11. Uh, still got it done. And then his other start against the Mets, struck out six. You know what? Actually, I think I'm going to bet that right now. I yeah, think, I think I'm going to bet that right now. There, there, there you go. That's too low. It yeah. should be five and a half. Yeah. should be the number on Freed. You're getting a strikeout of value. That's, that's nothing to uh, – Oh no, that's, that's nothing yeah. to ignore uh, in the prop market. But of course, the uh, the app that would have that that I'm uh, trying to bet it on here in town uh, on on its run of not working for the third consecutive just day. An unbelievably, I mean, this is just how good Degrom has been since he's since he's come back off the IL. There, the hits allowed prop in this game tonight. Hits allowed. Go ahead. Three and a half. <laughs> three and a half. This guy's got a strikeout prop of nine and a half and a three and a half hits prop. I mean, it's just crazy. But that's how good he's been. Oh, he look, looks exactly the same as before he got hurt. Look, he was he was on pace for having the best season since Bob Gibson last yeah. year before he got hurt. So, so did- it just again, Matt, right now, he is allowed three starts, six hits, and sixteen and two thirds. He's twenty eight strikeouts. Those are reliever. Those are elite yes. reliever numbers as a starting pitcher. It's unheard of, Kelly. You ready for some football? Yeah, I am. You ready for some football between the two teams that I said are going to have the two worst records in the NFL? Let's do it. With a total night, bouncing night, all over the place. Monday night football on Thursday night, right? It's the Bears and the Seahawks tonight. I know. How excited are you? Me too. Three and a half point favorites are the Seahawks in this one. A 38 and a half point total. If you want the Bears on the money line, plus 155 if you think that they win this thing. Outright, We know they wanted to start Drew Locke. They can't do it because he's got the COVID. So it's going to be it's going to be Geno Smith, at least for a little while here this in this one for the Seahawks. Man, I it's like a joke. Like it's literally the two worst teams, like literally the two teams I think are gonna have the worst records in the NFL that are that are playing here in preseason tonight. But guess what, Kelly? We're gonna have it on TV and yeah, we're gonna we give are. you updates. That total keeps pinging. It got up to 42 two days ago. Down to 38 and a half, 39 basically everywhere now. So we see that under money coming in after a wild adjustment after week <laughs> one of the preseason. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> because people go, let's blindly bet the overs. And then they looked at the rosters of these two oh, teams yeah. and go, what was I thinking? I was I was considering back here as you guys were breaking down Braves Mets of blindly doing an unders parlay on the uh, Braves Mets and this NFL game. <laughs> Just like, hey, look, two really good pitchers and two horrific. Right, yeah, teams but it's like someone prove me wrong, please. Yes. So the big news, if you were, if you were whatever reason away from a computer today, away from a radio, away from a television, the NFL and the NFLPA on Thursday did reach a settlement in the Deshaun Deshaun Watson case. He is going to serve an 11-game suspension without pay. Again, we already talked about this. He deferred, he deferred all the money to a signing bonus of the monetary thing from a without pay doesn't really matter. After he was accused by more than two dozen women of misconduct during massage session, sessions, he will also pay a fine of $5 million and undergo mandatory 
evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment program. So what we get here, fellas, is something we kind of figured, right? NFL wanted a full season. First person comes back at six games. We figured this was going to land somewhere between 10 and 12. You know, it kind of seemed like where this was going to go. Certainly it did. Ends up at 11. We talked about the first six-game stretch for this Browns team being exceptionally easy. So we know that he will have to miss five additional games on top of that. I wonder if the talent on this team is enough, Jeff, to go ahead and get this team, and then he comes in to take them down the stretch against, by the way, if you need to get acclimated, yeah, going to be a tough one there in week 12 against the Bucks. but then you get Texans, you get the Commanders, you get the Steelers. If you're good enough to get a playoff record as, as he comes back, he's going to have some cupcakes along the way as well. I mean, from a pure betting perspective, if you want to argue whether you think the suspension was enough or not, if you wanted the fine was enough or not, that's not, we're not in the business of that. That's not what we do. We're not sports talk radio. From a betting perspective, I think this team has enough talent on paper. I think this team has enough talent on that roster. And if he's going to get back for the final six games of the season, I think they're probably a playoff team. Nah. I'm oppo with you on this, Matt. Uh, just, just the, here. Here's the big thing, Matt. I am lower on Jacoby Brissett than I think a lot of people are here at the network. Uh, but he can't I, beat the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons. I, I can tell you right really? now, in those in those first I love three Jacoby. games or four games, I should say, I'm going to be betting against Cleveland three times. I can tell you that right now. Oh, there it is. Hot take number one already. Here we go. Here we go. John Anik, when we come back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Primetime action here on a Thursday. Matt, Jeff, and Kelly now joining us here on the program. The very, very best commentator the UFC has ever had in the history of the organization. And I'm talking all the way back to the very beginning. My friend and yours, he's John Anik. How you doing, buddy? Check is in the mail, brother. And uh, you always <laughs> make me make me sound better than I am, but look exponentially less handsome than you. So it's always good to be with you guys. And, uh, you know, there's nothing like a pay-per-view week. I know this isn't maybe the deepest card we've ever put forth, but for me, the excitement level for these 12 pay-per-views annually uh, is off the charts. So needless to say, it's good to be with you boys. Is it, you know, are you a little bit more excited because, you know, the way the Red Sox season was going, or is it like, you know, the, the outlook for the Patriots? Is that what's going on? And is that why you're a little bit more excited for, for, you know, this card than the normal? Well, I'm almost 45 years old. At this stage <laughs> of my life, I am an optimistic sports fan because all of my pe- pessimism was sort of washed away with championship parades and banners. But I'm not a Mac <laughs> oh, so like I'm it. definitely under on the Patriots season win totals. I hope Mac, jo- Mac Jones is not listening to Beeson right now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I took my kids to Fenway Park and the Red Sox were down five nothing top one. It has not been a good year. So let's, uh, I, I do want to talk to you just before we get into the fights themselves, because I saw a tweet that you put out a little bit earlier that you sat across the table from Jose Aldo and you said every single time you sit across the table from Jose Aldo is just something about the energy in the room, something about that guy. Can you, can you try to put it into words? I got to figure out a solution, you know, I don't know if it's Xanax or something, but to figure out a way to not have that feeling come over me. And it's very interesting because I get asked a lot about, oh, do you still get nervous for, for big pay-per-views? And I don't know that it's nerves as much as it is adrenaline. You know, for me, a lot of the anxiety is always in the preparation and not the performance, but there's just something about the king of Rio, Jose Aldo. And I guess for me, as a guy who sort of cut my teeth with the UFC as the number two play-by-play guy, I wasn't calling a lot of those early Aldo fights. So oftentimes I'd be on the desk 
hosting the pre and post fight shows or I'd be home watching him in awe perpetually. So yeah, when he walks into the room, man, there is just something undeniable about his star power and his presence. And it even sort of transcends the language barrier that is still omnipresent in our fighter meetings. So, um, yeah, I see value on Jose Aldo this weekend, and I certainly uh, enjoyed, you know, being in the company of greatness this afternoon. So looking here at the undercard, we do have some interesting fights. I mean, not necessarily from a betting odds perspective. A lot of these, you know, are, are fairly big favorites. A lot of these guys on the on the undercard are, you know, look, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five different three dollar favorites right now. You know, on the undercard, if we were if we were looking down here, which one of these underdogs do you think perhaps? is, you know, maybe a little bit more live than the betting odds say. Is it is it Santos? Is it, you know, is it Young? Is it, you know, could it could it be could it be uh Tybura? Like who's one of these kind of guys that you think po- possibly from the undercard is a little bit more live than the odds suggest? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I would say Alexander Romanov, despite not having anything resembling the strength of schedule that Marcin Tabora has, I think he deserves the distinction there as a minus 345 mm-hmm. or so favorite. So I wouldn't necessarily go in that direction. You know, Leo Santos is 42 years old, but that doesn't mean that he, you know, can't pose some problems for Jared Gordon. I guess I would probably say Luis Saldana because there are a lot of stylistic comparisons to be drawn with him and Sean Woodson. You know, both guys had their first boxing match at eight years old. Both guys, former Golden Glove champions. And even though Woodson is the longer guy, you know, I do think Saldana is very comfortable in this type of matchup. We did sit down with Saldana today, and I do think it stands to reason that it's going to be a tough weight cut for him tomorrow morning. So uh, certainly that's a variable. And I would also say with Maverick and, and Shanna Young, there's familiarity there. They fought before. So, you know, I don't know that anybody in a rematch should, should be minus 600. So um, hopefully you uh, attack the board accordingly. John, what other fights in the uh, prelim card are you most looking forward to this weekend? Well, I certainly like the flyweight division as a whole. So I have my eyes on an early prelim, Amir Albazi and Francisco Figueredo. Albazi, you know, about a four to one favorite or so. And he's the rank guy in that equation. Um, you know, some people like Jay Perrin out of Lowell, Massachusetts as an underdog against Orichi Lang. Great matchup. I think it's a stylistically bulletproof fight. So you know, and I also think I could point to the, you know, our, our opener of the night, Victor Altamirano and, and Daniel Da Silva in that spot for a reason. I think a fight that absolutely could, you know, pull back the curtain with some fireworks. So, um, you know, this card's sneaky, man. I think the prelim portion definitely speaks to that. So let's go ahead and head to the main card here, and we'll head to the Bantamweight division, and let's talk about Jose Aldo. I mean, listen, you, you and I have been around a long time. We know the battles. We know the wars. Slight underdog in this one. You can find about a plus. You can find a plus, you know, 115-ish, 120 out there if you search around 110 at DraftKings as we sit right now for him. It is – I've heard some very smart people on both sides here, John. You know, listen, it's like this is this is the time for Aldo to make that last little run. This is where he can make the push. This is how he can get back towards the title. And then I've heard a lot of people say, I think his best fighting days are behind him, and this is where we might see it. Where do you kind of fall on all of that with everything? And try to put your bias aside. Well, and I think the hardest thing for me is to get too predictive with any analysis because I am the play-by-play announcer and I am going to be calling the fight. The one thing I can all but assure to your listeners and to your viewers is that Jose Aldo Jr. is not done. And even Mm -hmm. if he loses to May Rob Dwalish Willie, he's not hanging up the, the gloves. You know, Jose Aldo talked to us today about 
sort of having a second fighting prime. And he has changed methodologically a lot of what he has done since moving down to Bantamweight, made wholesale lifestyle changes. And the results speak to that. You know, he's won three consecutive fights. You can argue he's worthy of a championship opportunity right now at Bantamweight. So I will admit to being surprised that he is entrenched as the underdog. Now, I understand that May Rob is the younger guy. He's won seven straight fights in a division that makes it very hard to do just that. He certainly has a marauding pressure style that we really haven't seen in this Bantamweight division. He's nonstop offense for 15 minutes. But Jose Aldo has been in some stylistically comparable matchups with guys who can wrestle. And even though they may not chain takedowns the way May Rob does, you know, Jose Aldo seems prepared to me. So I'll admit to being surprised to see a plus number next to Jose Aldo's name. I think it's a close fight, um, but I certainly would not be fading Jose Aldo at this stage of his career in any way, shape, or form. John, for the co-main, Costa and Rockhold, uh, Costa's a minus 360 favorite over at DraftKings. What does Rockhold have to do to make this fight interesting? Well, I think he has to prove that he can take a shot from Costa early, and I think the betting line sort of dovetails with that assessment a little bit. You know, there's so many variables on the Luke Rockhold side that it would give me tremendous pause as a better. I can understand why people look at him at plus 295. Skill for skill, you know, a lot of us thought this guy was going to go down as the greatest middleweight of all time with respect to Anderson Silva when you saw the way that Luke Rockhold disposed of Chris Weidman on a night that he was actually not feeling that well. So, Things have sort of spiraled a little bit for Luke Rockhold, and now he's staring at a layoff of more than three years. And I think those are variables that really you don't want to mess around with too much as a gambler. Um, but he seems to like the matchup stylistically. Obviously, he has left no stone unturned when it comes to his preparation. He has literally done nothing but focus for a fight for seven consecutive months. So I expect a good performance from Luke, but I can understand why people want to you know, inject the layoff and his perceived lack of durability, you know, into the handicap and the conversation. And the main event, I mean, listen, there's a there's going to be a discussion made here if we get a few more wins uh, about Usman going down as, as, a, as a goat, you know, I mean, and, and Leon Edwards is absolutely awesome fighter, but nearly a $3 favorite. I mean, the $3 underdog in this thing, John. And so we take a look here. I mean, I've looked at this up and down. I want to make a case for Edwards. But Usman is so complete top to bottom. It's just I, every single time I, I come back around to the fact that Kamaru Usman just so incredibly complete as a fighter, so incredibly durable as well. If we're looking at Leon Edwards as a winner on Saturday night, is 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 this a is this kind of a knockout type situation? Are you feeling? I mean, is that kind of how this has to go? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could outstrike Kamar Usman over five tactical rounds and beat him on points. But I absolutely think the focus in the Edwards camp is to try to get this guy out of there. And that doesn't mean take unnecessary risks to do so. Um, but he's got to keep his back off the fence. You know, I think even if he gets taken down early, he has to be as urgent as he has ever been before to try to plant some seed of doubt with Kamaru as to whether or not he can take him down, rinse and repeat, keep him there and all of that stuff. Um, you know, some people suggest Leon Edwards is a live underdog. And, um, you know, I'm not going to be on the other side of that. You know, I've certainly told your audience before when it comes to someone like Kamaru Usman, I just think they're better opportunities at the window than betting against this guy right now. Now, certainly people who are intimately close to Leon and know what he's done and know how he's prepared, you know, they may think I'm crazy. You know, certainly the Edwards body of work is absolutely exceptional. He is a massive welterweight. 
He has put in all of the work. I mean, he slept with a tent over his bed for the last two months, you know, to try to acclimate to the altitude that we will be experiencing here in Salt Lake City. So uh, I'm excited to see what Leon can do with the opportunity. But uh, again, it may sound trite, but fade Usman at your own peril. 20 seconds, John. What is your favorite NFL bet you have in your account right now? Well, I do have under on Patriots. He's the wins. I also have a good price. I think 27-1 on the Raiders to win the AFC. And I know people think that I'm absolutely crazy. But, dude, every time I look at that Raiders depth mm-hmm. chart, it makes me want to put more money on them to come out of the AFC somehow, some way. I like the coaching staff. I like the depth chart. We'll see what the Raiders can do out of the AFC West. Absolutely. Cocktail soon, my man. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at John underscore Anik. And, of course, this weekend on the pay-per-view. Thanks for joining, buddy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The under on the home team. See, that's when you know you're a good better. If you can <laughs> if you can pull the trigger on the under on the home team. A division today, AFC North coming back. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly. If you're looking at the graphic, it says April to September. So you got 12 days. Get in. You got 12 days to get in on these things. Don't you have all of September, though? I mean, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know how it works. It seems like it says to September. It should be like, you know, it's done in September. It's a good question. I, I do know. not I know the that. answer. I read that as being through the end of September. Oh, boy. Here we go. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how I would read I know. I don't know either. So just join, basically, what we're yes, saying. Just, just get just in as soon as you want. Why, why risk it? Join yeah. now. Just go now. Why risk it? Seriously, run, don't. Run, don't walk. Just run. Get there. Just drink it's, responsibly. It's free money. But while you're doing it, drink drink responsibly. That's the only thing that we are going to ask of you. Uh, we're looking around here. I don't see. Oh, there is a run up yeah, there. Yeah, there's a run in. There's runs in Pittsburgh too. Where are we at in Pittsburgh? Two nothing. Brian okay. Reynolds two run homer. He homered again. The only positive thing going for the Pirates right now. A uh, home run by Yandy Diaz against okay. Castillo uh, to uh, to give the Rays a one nothing lead and. Think more newsworthy than that is Austin Riley with a base hit against Jacob Degrom. That's one. That's one towards the three and a half. <laughs> yeah, one towards the three and a half, and that is if you weren't with us in the first segment, the prop on hits given up tonight for, for Jacob Degrom was just set at three and a half. Three and a half. The reason it's so insane is because with a with a strikeout prop of ten. They're also implying that he's going to go deep into the game. So like right. it's so it's like three and a half hits uh, over like six innings. <laughs> at least. And you know the crazy part about it is he has not exceeded six innings. And the expectation mm. tonight is he's maxing at eighty-five pitches. So again, that just shows how ridiculous the numbers are <laughs> for DeGrom and just how absurdly good he has been in his first three starts. I, I look, he's my favorite pitcher going. I love watching him pitch. It's just it, Seeing a guy throw 101 and then come back with a 92 mile an hour slider—it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You realize when good. I was a, when I was a kid, closers threw like 93. Yeah, they did the hard throwers yeah. threw 96. Yeah, like there were cl- several closers, and it'd be like, oh man, did you see that guy get closer throws like 92, 93? It's like now the guy's throwing a slider that fast. 
Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I just it's, don't it's even, absolutely ridiculous. I just don't even know how to get. Also, that. by the way, uh, Jose Barrios threw a shutout first inning. No, no, I don't believe you. No score in the Bronx. There Listen, it's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. He's going to be giving up some hits. All right. AFC North as we continue on with a division a day here on the program. We've made this fairly known as to kind of how we feel about about uh, about this division overall. I mean, listen, a lot of question marks that got answered today now. And so pretty good timing here on all of this. If we start at the bottom, Jeff, and let's just start at the bottom because mm-hmm. I think this is one of those things where – you said something off air that I'm going to uh, disagree with. I'm going to hold you. No, I'm going to hold you to making a case here. You said okay. you think that the Steelers could be better than than most people think. I would love sure. for some explanation to that because I actually think that this team, for the first time in what ever for Mike Tomlin, essentially, or, or yeah. it would be the first time ever yeah. if they go under 500. Yeah, with Tomlin. To, so, so let me first mm-hmm. start this all off with. The quarterback situation could completely blow up and blow up anything positive that could happen with this team. But keep in mind, they won nine games and made the playoffs with Ben Roethlisberger's corpse last year playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I am I am of the mind that, again, Mitchell Trubisky, obviously not worthy of the second overall pick that he was right. in that draft. We know that. There's a reason he's on team number three uh, in the NFL, and it's because he was a bust in Chicago. But you're telling me that Mitchell Trubisky can't be better than what Roethlisberger was oh, last year? No, actually. So I was so you're, go. you're more. Are you more convinced that the defense is going to take a big step back? I'm. I am. I am more convinced that just the overall roster is a little bit down from what it was last year. And with that, again, like you said, they finished a game over 500 last year. Yeah. I'm looking at you know seven, eight wins out of this team this year. But but your your point about the quarterback for me. I think it's a neutral situation or maybe even a net positive because yeah. you had a guy in Roethlisberger who didn't trust his arms so much. He would not throw the ball down the field. I mean, no. like it, it got to the point where he knew he had a noodle arm and it was, it was 15 yards was like the max he was willing to throw the ball down the field. Yeah. You know, and look, I, I really like this mm. defense still. And, mm-hmm. and look, when you have TJ Watt rushing the passer, you have, when he's healthy, arguably the best safety in the NFL and make mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick, go out and get Levi Wallace, which helps them uh, on the outside at corner. Uh, Dad, I don't know how much Miles Jack really has left, but he's a yeah. player who has made an impact in the past. Oh, and, and I didn't even mention Devin Bush, who obviously is, is a good player. Same with Alex Highsmith. They're still very good defensively. Oh, and by the way, Cam Hayward, too. Uh, they're still very good defensively. I understand you on on the off uh, from the offensive line perspective. Oh, it's going to be garbage. They were bad last year. Yeah, they could very easily be worse than they were a year ago, which is alarming because that seemed to be the bottom of, of what the Steelers' offensive line. But Matt, I'm just in the camp where seven and a half is the win total. I think it's going to take ten wins to make the AFC playoffs this year. So I don't want the plus three fifty on the S to make the playoffs. But to go over seven and a half win total, win eight, maybe nine games yet again, because Mike Tomlin has never been under 500 in his coaching career now, which is absurd. Their schedule's not overly crazy after the first six weeks of the year. I could see them very easily going nine and eight, eight and nine, going over that seven win total and then not finishing in last in this AFC North. If we go by strictly projected win totals, it is the fourth toughest schedule in all of the NFL. Okay. Um, I think it's, I think again, Matt, the first eight games of that schedule, 
they could end up two and six, and that could blow up my entire handicap of this team. Yeah, and, and I look at it like I look at it like this: this offensive line is going to, and, and like I said, I think the quarterback position in general is is probably just a is probably neutral, but. This offensive line is going to make it difficult on – it would make it difficult on anyone. It could sure. be any quarterback back there. But you're looking at left tackles who were at their respective – you know, at their respective positions last year, graded out 57.5, 62.2. That was, that was good for 61st and 72nd amongst, 60, amongst 83 qualified tackles in the NFL. You look at the left guard position, 49th out of 82. Now, there are – there is some upside certainly at the receiver position – if the quarterback, be it Mitch Trubisky or maybe a little bit down the line, you know, they decide to go to pick it, whatever it might be, to get it to these really good receivers. Because, I mean, listen, Johnson, Claypool, and then and then I think Pickens is probably a stud. Like I, I look great like, in the first preseason game. Yeah, like I think Pickens is probably a stud. I thought that going into the draft, and I thought it was a really, really good pick by them to get him in there. But is there going to be enough time for him to get them the ball? And that's kind of the thing that worries me so much about this team. And then on the other side, the defensive line is definitely good. Linebackers are atrocious, like absolutely atrocious. And then the secondary is going to be a problem as well. I mean, we are looking at a, a secondary. If you look at all the, the projection systems out there, football outsiders, sharp football, PFF, all of them have them either 28th or worse heading into this season. And so you, you – if you don't get that pressure with Highsmith and, and Watt and the, te- and the teams have t- a chance to throw, linebackers are going to be absolutely no help to you, and then the secondary is going to struggle as well. So I don't know, man. I, I think this could, this could be it. I think this could be the streak. I think this could be where things go south and we look at a, an 8-9 and nine season, maybe even a 7-10 and 10 season for this Steelers squad. 8-9 would get over to 7.5, though. It would. it would. It would. It would. I, that schedule's brutal. Uh, just yeah. look, like We're yeah. looking through that. I mean – Jeff, I think a two to two and six start. I would. I think they take that with oh, that I with, with those first that. eight games. That, that's a tough. Mm-hmm. That's a tough stretch, and the back half of the season doesn't get much easier. I, I it's. I think a lot of what the Steelers' season's going to shape out to be is 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 going to be however the rest of the division ends up shaping out. You know, like we're talking about the the Browns before uh, before we had John Anika on Matt. Like, yeah, it's I don't know. Does does the Browns are they able to fight through that early part of the season? They end up having a better season than we think, or do they go in the tank by week you know week four and they're really not a factor for the whole year? I think a lot of what the Steelers' success this season's going to be is depends on the rest of the AFC North. Well, well, we know for sure that week eight. Game, which we didn't know until earlier today. No, Watson will be that, there. That we, Watson's going to be there, right? Yep. So, so, so now that game becomes exponentially tougher for them as well. Well, well, one thing I will say because remember last year we we thought the Steelers were going to be down going into last mm-hmm. year, and for a good chunk of the year it looked like we were all right, and then of course they end up going nine seven and one. I think we're going to learn a lot week one because it's a very similar situation to what we saw week one with them last year, mm-hmm. where they last year. Had Buffalo on the road, six-and-a-half-point underdog like they are in Cincinnati, and their defense and their special teams won them that game. They could very easily get that in Cincinnati right away. Again, Burroughs barely practiced because of the appendectomy. I think he'll be ready to go. You have an offensive line mixing in new pieces. I'm not saying Pittsburgh is going to win that game, but we are going to learn very quickly because if the Bengals go out and destroy them like they did both times last year, then it may be a bad year for Pittsburgh. But if they're competitive or end up somehow upsetting the Bengals week one, could be in the mix again, even with that horrendous schedule. We'll continue on with some Browns talks, Beagles talks, some Ravens talk as well 
A division a day here on Primetime Action. Coming back. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The VEASAN College Football Guide is out now. Our NFL Guide drops 
next week. Hey, what? Next week. We know everyone is hard at work getting that done. I'm almost done with my section. Jeff, you're almost done with yours. Kelly? I got done with mine a week ago. You got done with yours a week ago. It's called Straight Winners. Just, just, just the winners. <laughs> just the winners. Nothing but winners. Nothing but winners. winners. Kelly, is that with a Z at the end? Yes, it is. And three R's. Yours is nothing but winners. Um, our experts provide profiles on every team, trends, power ratings, over/under recommendations, plus best bets on the wins, on the season win totals, division finishes, player awards, all of that. Remember, you can only get this year's football betting guides if you become a Veasan All Access subscriber. How do I do that? You just asked yourself. It's very easy. You head to vison.com slash subscribe and you get our discounted football special. All access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for $175. You can also head to vison.com slash subscribe and save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription. And you can be part of our smarter betting all year long. vison.com slash subscribe for all your options. Become part of the sports betting network as always. Drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. You can DM me your credit card info, too, if you want. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> Venmo you the money. Yeah, just Venmo me the money. I'll take care of it for you. Venmo Kelly the money. And then I'm going to send you a hard copy of the, of the guides in the mail. It, you, of you reading it to them. <laughs> yeah, there you go. What did we, You're going to do the audio book? What did we, we look up and it was, what it was, it was going to be 40 hours or something like that yeah, to, like, to, like, to, to read through we were the trying to get, we had the We had a great idea of Brent Musburger <laughs> doing the audio book of the guides, Jeff. But then we looked up of how many pages it was. Cause it was 330 pages, wait, wait, right? Wait a second. It was only 40 hours. It was like 40 for something hours. to read. page uh, yeah. college football guide. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm almost. Completely done, actually. The whole thing? Over. Yeah. Well, this is what wow. happens when you have 10 hours on a plane over, oh, over, yeah, yeah, over a short yeah, period yeah, of time. Yeah. You were trapped. You had no choice. Wait, I mean, so, you would have read it anyway, but, uh, yeah, yes, you but, just, it, but, but yeah, I mean, it was like you were you were a captive audience. Well, especially since the internet yeah. didn't work. It was a no-brainer. Yeah. I had to download on my laptop. Captive read, audience. Read 100, 120 pages one leg, 120 the other way. It's kind of amazing. that He's, as he's I humble bragging about his, his words per minute reading. The fact yeah. that I was yeah. able to actually read 120 <laughs> pages of anything was a, was a minor miracle in its own right. This is That was that was a that was a full 45-second humble brag. Right yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why he started off with 40 <laughs> hours, really? It would take someone 40 hours, man? It would not take me 40 hours. One humble brag, I fly on airplanes. <laughs> Two humble brag, I have the I have the betting guide already. You should have it. I have it. You don't have it. You should get it. And then three, look how fast I read. <laughs> 40 hours. Wow. Yeah. Who has the time, right, Jeff? Yeah. No, it's gotta different, read faster it's different, than that. different to orate it as opposed to re- actually read it. Oh, I mean, that's very true. You'd, <laughs> you'd have to emphasize certain sentences, you know? I fly on airplanes. Basically, that's the big takeaway right there. <laughs> He's a flyer. It's Cleveland Browns, as we know, uh, they are getting Deshaun Watson back after an 11-game suspension. So, handicap accordingly. Got Amari Cooper coming in via trade as well. Jacoby Brissett likely to start. I can't imagine they're going to get anybody else to come in for the first 11 games. So, Jacoby Brissett likely to start for the first 11 games for them. Wait, can we, can we squash that right now, though, Matt? Uh, Matt, are they going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? At this point, there's no there's, there's no, no point, to. right? Like, I, I'm no kind of sick of this discussion. There's no reason to now. Now that you know you get him back for week 12, there's no there's no reason to. I don't think. I, I, you're also too late in camp. You're there's also that. Yes, you're, that's you're a fair point, point too, where Jeff. You're asking Jimmy Garoppolo to come and learn a new offense, 
And you could be at a pretty decided disadvantage for week one against Carolina. Oh, which, by the way, you're going against your former quarterback, as you already yes. know, as is well documented. At least go with Brissett. Again, I don't. I think Garoppolo is significantly better than Brissett. But there are just so many other factors that make it relatively illogical for Cleveland to do that at this point. They needed to do that a month ago and assume that Watson was going to miss more than the six weeks that uh, former Judge Robinson originally gave out. By the way, that week one game. I guess you could find anywhere from a pick'em to Panthers one and a half right now. Listen, uh, that sounds like a Kelly, teaser leg. If it's uh, Kelly, let me out. Yeah, well, Jeff, let yeah. me tell both of you guys this. I was looking through the Week One slate Ooh, today. I put in my first bet. I was looking through later. the Week One slate today, and I am in fear of how many teaser legs I'm going. Oh, to Oh, me have. too. I put in my first NFL bet for Week One uh, yesterday. We'll talk. We'll talk about it in yeah, the later segment. But I'm yeah. I'm in fear of how many teasers. Me likes. too. My, my my bet was a teaser. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in fear. There are so many that look so juicy right now. I mean, Roll well, it's throw, a lot of road go. favorites, right? Ooh, I know. Seriously. All right. So they uh, they they re-signed David Joku. Jakeem Grant's coming in for wide receiver depth. They bring in Taven Bryan on the defensive line. Now, Jarvis Landry is gone, so he is out. But again, they did bring in Amari Cooper. Austin Hooper is gone. Troy Hill is gone. J.C. Treader is also gone. So it's not like the roster is completely intact from, from last year when it comes to the other parts outside of quarterback. That being said, this is still one of the better rosters that you're going to see. They didn't have a – we're not going to do the draft. They didn't have a pick until the third round. Um, they had a bunch of – they had three different third-round picks. They took a corner, defensive end, and a wide receiver. All three could see action, but not likely to see a ton here at the beginning of the season anyway. Uh, they did take a kicker in Cade York out of – Louisiana State University, who is going to be their starting kicker this year. He so kicked there for roughly yes. 18 years, I believe. Yeah, so. uh, just, just a reminder, Jakeem Grant did go down with that torn Achilles. In oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's right. Will um, not see the field this year. Eighth easiest schedule based off of win totals for their opponents. So, again, you get an easy-ish schedule here for this team. A completely stacked offensive line. This offensive line is amazing. And so, Jeff, whenever we look at this and we talk about, okay, hey, listen, it's Jacoby Brissett that needs to navigate you through the first 11 games of the season. Of those 11 games, you have games against the Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Patriots, and Dolphins. Again, it's a coin toss as whether the Dolphins are going to be good or not. We don't really know, right? We, we have think, no clue. We, we, we have no idea with them. So, look, you look at the likely losses, Chargers, Ravens, Bengals, Bills, Bucks. I think even if Jacoby, even when Jacoby Brissett comes back, because we should mention that, right? He's going to be out against in that Bucks game as well. It's eleven games. It's not eleven weeks. So it's eleven right. games. So he's going to be out in that one as well. He comes back against the Texans in Week Thirteen. Ha ha! How funny. Um, so here it is. You know those are lo- those are the likely losses, right? Bucks, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Chargers, but Panthers, Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Patriots. Dolphins, six very winnable games. I think Commanders. even with even with um, even with Jacoby Brissett right at, at quarterback. So um, they're not going to win them all. But if you come out of that five and six, and then you get him coming back, can he win five of the last six games for you? Where you do have games with the Commanders, the Steelers, and the Texans. So basically, you need to kind of pull a couple of. Upsets there against either the, the the Bengals or Ravens. I imagine that'll be a, a coin toss type game against the Saints come week 16. All right. So, again, I'm lower on Bursette sure. than, than I think a lot of people are. I think Bursette is 
a reasonable backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And also, it's kind of the reason that I'm very scared of what Tua <laughs> could end up being in Miami, that it seemingly was a re- reasonably close for time being last year down there in Miami with those two. If Brissett ends up being, let's say Brissett is the 20th best quarterback in the NFL, Matt, mm-hmm. okay, in his, in his 11 games that he'll have to play, Cleveland's probably 7-4 and four because that's how good the roster around him is. They have a great offensive line, as we know. They have the best running back combination in the NFL. Uh, Nick Chubb is somehow perennially still underrated, despite yeah. the fact that he is a, a bona fide top five back in the league. But I expect Brissett to be bottom quarter, and it would not shock me if he's bottom five in the NFL in the way of starters while in the games he has to play. If that's the case, it's going to be very hard for them to go better than five and six or four and seven in those 11 games, even with it being a pretty easy start to the season. But, Matt, if he is a top, if he's in the top 20, he can be number 20 of 32 starters. That would be a great scenario for Cleveland because that would mean that the Browns are probably starting the season four and two in those first six games and then just needing to play after that two and three and you're over 500 with Watson back, then you could really be onto something there. I just watched Kelly start to grin back there because you were naming five quarterbacks in your head. Real oh, quick, yes, right? I'm no, trying to yeah. come up with ten. You, you, were, you were coming up with five. I knew what you were doing back there. I saw <laughs> I saw the little wheel spinning. You were like, you were like bottom five. I'm like, I'm like where's Jeff Gay? Like, where's he going with this? Where's he going with this? No, he's not bottom five in the NFL. <laughs> he might be, he might be, okay, 20. He might be in that range, Jeff. But I guess as long as, I don't know, if you're willing to concede that he's the 20th best, if he's the 20th best starting quarterback in the NFL, they're going to start, what, seven and four? I yeah, mean. I, yeah, I, look, I, it's not a high bar, but that just shows how low I, I mean, if he's somehow, if, if he's 16, if he's the 16th best quarterback, then I would expect him to go seven and four. If he is right in the middle of league average. So you're saying that's the high end if that's yes, I if think that's seven and four view. with Brissett. If they go okay, seven and okay. four with Brissett in the 11 games, Cleveland is a playoff team and may even accidentally win a division then. I think he absolutely could lead them to that kind of record. I, yes, I think it would be. It'd be a surprise. It would be lofty. But yeah, yeah I think six, six wins in that stretch is very realistic. It's an easy enough schedule. I'm coming back with I'm coming back with at least ten quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side we'll here. Make yeah. We're gonna come back with at least ten quarterbacks on the other side. We'll give you what this game is gonna kick off at with the Bears and the Seahawks. No play for me in that one at all. And we'll finish out the AFC North as well. Coming back for hour number two. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.